Hello, everyone. Welcome again to another Donneron Monologue podcast. It's Monday, so we are beginning a new series I'm excited to talk to you guys about. But before I talk to you about that, I am excited once again to mention our sponsor, longtime supporter of the show, Ashley Luann K. You can find her on Instagram at the Minnesota Nurse, all lowercase, all one word. So check her out for some really cool nursing related content. Of course, as I've stated before, my wife is a nurse, so I'm very excited that she's sponsoring us. Uh, also, before I get into that, you will notice I am wearing the, uh, oh, he's going to yell at me, but I'm going to do this so you can see the shirt better. The new uh, Ram t-shirt, as you can see, it is in, some people may believe that it's inspired by a certain manga slash anime from Japan, but um, I disagree. I think this is a pretty, uh, you know, I, I, I don't think this has anything at all to do with that. Um, but if you think it does and you're a fan of that thing, well, I can't stop you from buying a few. Um, so, uh, far and away, the most, it, before we started making monologues a series, and I was just talking about different things every single day, um, we've grown since then and we're doing, uh, you know, we're making this more structured, uh, cause that's what you do when you grow. Um, but uh, you also don't say um quite so much on your podcast when you're growing. So the most successful uh, monologue we did, damn it, I can't stop doing it now. Um, the most successful monologue we did was uh, religions in JRPGs. And uh, I, I can't help but think that some people might have thought it was going to get deeper than that, but I was just talking about the purpose that religion is used for in JRPGs, and I'm also not talking about actual real-world religions in video games. Uh, and there's a few reasons I'm not doing that, but what prompted this whole thing was when The Last of Us Part Two first came out, which, uh, disclaimer, I'm not a fan of The Last of Us. I'm just not at all. I don't see the big deal. Uh, so for those of you that haven't clicked off, uh, I saw an article uh, from a, a video game journalist, and uh, I, I'm not a huge fan of video game journalists. Uh, I much prefer the voice of the people over the voice of uh, so-called professionals. That's just me. I always go for reader reader reviews if I'm going to read a review at all, but in the age of demos and Gamefly and just borrowing game from a friend, I don't see the need to take someone else's word on a video game at all. Do it yourself. That's why we don't do reviews at Donneron. We explain what video games mean to us. And if that helps you find out what that game meant to you, how it affected you, or if it makes you think of how that video game affected you, that's our goal. We are not here to tell you what to like or what to dislike. I think that's just a really bizarre aspect of our culture that we do that with films, uh, especially like music. It's so easy to listen to music for free. Why would you take someone else's opinion on music? Just get on YouTube and see if you like it yourself. That is the most bizarre thing in the an album review, really. Um, but now that I'm done dragging an entire profession through the mud, uh, let's get on with my point. So uh, there, there was an article, and it was describing how uh, it, the, the title of it was The Last of Us Part Two deals with religion in a more honest way than a video game ever has. And I'm like, okay, as someone who has played Xenogears, as someone who has played Final Fantasy Tactics, as someone who has played all these amazing games where religion is the center and they really break down religion and the human psyche and how it relates, I can't wait to see what The Last of Us Part Two did with it because everyone tells me it's a very deep game because, of course, anytime you have a gritty middle-aged white guy dealing with survival it's deep apparently um even though it almost never is it's the exact same thing 
every single time. Now, of course, there is the character of Ellie in The Last of Us Part Two, and I won't take away from that character. I actually do, for someone that doesn't like The Last of Us, I do think the character of Ellie has an amazing arc and, a, and an amazing story. I really do. But uh, apparently, uh, and I, I, I say that knowing what little I know about her. So apparently in The Last of Us Part Two. Um, you go inside a church or a temple or something of some kind, Ellie, and uh, I, I don't know uh, I, I don't know enough about the character to know her relation to this other character, but there's another character with her. And uh, the other character uh, was of the Jewish faith, apparently, or raised in it. And uh, the conversation goes to Ellie being like, do you ever pray? And the other character is like, well, you know, sometimes. I don't really believe in it, but it comforts me. And this is what this article thought was a revolutionary look at religion and video games. And again, I'm just thinking of all these awesome games I played two decades earlier that that dealt with it in a much more harsh, much more unforgiving, like really, I wish that, that lamp over there, I wish I had it over here, like really just giving it the first degree, you know, like an interrogation and really breaking it down. And it's just absurd that this milk toast conversation that I think every single one of my friends had in junior high about the state of religion, it's um, it, it's uh, as Karl Marx uh once said, uh, you know the um the atheist, and he totally meant by his language in this writing the outspoken like pushy atheist, it is like a it, it's like a child running around screaming that they're not afraid of the boogeyman and they're very grown up because they aren't. It, it's it's just absurd. Um, so that's what prompted me to examine religion more closely in the video games that I play. Uh, was the fact that I knew for a fact that video games have dealt with this much more intensely and maturely than this, but this article was claiming that it was just absolutely mind-blowing that they just spoke about religion and that maybe they don't feel like it's that big a deal. Because that, that's what that conversation was. I, It's not that big a deal. But So that's what prompted this whole thing. So uh, it, it was one of our most successful videos. So I'm going to take each day... We're gonna we're gonna cover uh, four games. One game's gonna take two days. We'll get to that. It will be Thursday and Friday. But each day I'll cover a different game and cover a religion, religion or religions within that game, and how the way they're worked into the world building and the narrative, how that tells us a little bit. Maybe you know sometimes that tells us a little bit about who made it. Sometimes that tells us a little bit about what they're trying to say. And not always about religion, but about culture in general. So please uh, join me this week for these great discussions. Um, and, and another thing that prompted this was uh, I'm a big fan of the Robert E. Howard short stories. And yes, I know, I fully understand, full disclaimer, that there is a lot to unpack in Robert E. Howard. And I fully agree, as a Robert E. Howard fan, I fully agree that everything published by him nowadays should come with a cultural sensitivity warning. Absolutely. Um, the man was a Texan in the 1930s. I mean, let's face it, guys. Let's face it. But um, one thing I do find interesting is Conan, uh, who was later called Conan the Barbarian by Marvel Comics. He was never called that in the original Robert E. Howard writings. He was Conan the Sumerian. He came from the Sumerian people, which exists to uh, the north in the uh, Hyperborean Age, as uh, they call it. Conan uh, his people had a pantheon of gods, but these gods rejected prayers. They did not want their people to pray to them because that was weakness. And Conan, when he later conquered the kingdom of Aquilonia later in his life, uh, their god, Mitra, a god of the civilized world, accepted prayers but would not accept prayers from someone who knelt 
a man must stand before Mitra to pray. And I'm not one of these guys that thinks, you know, oh, I read a book and the curtains were blue. That represents blah, 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 blah. But sometimes they're just curtains. But I think the fact that Howard mentioned these things so often in his writing, I think that little bit of world building there tells us a lot about his personal view on religion and what he was telling people about religion. And so that's what that's part of what we're going to explore today. So guys, uh, I know the lion's share of this video is just me explaining what I'm going to do this week, which I usually don't do. But uh, the, the game, the series that we're talking about today, doesn't really have a whole lot to unpack as far as religion goes. It's just the first game series that I noticed religion was mentioned in. And it's a game series I talk about all the time because it's wonderful and you need to play it. Dragon Quest. Now, a lot of you are probably scratching your heads at this point because religion Dragon Quest, does Dragon Quest really take religion to task? And no, it does not. But it's featured prominently it's everywhere so uh beginning with dragon quest 2 and dragon quest 1 it wasn't really like this you spoke to the king to uh save your game to see how many hit the uh, experience points you needed to get to the next level things of that nature but starting with dragon quest 2 you would go to a church to save in fact saving has been referred to in every dragon quest game as confession you confess what you've done. I'm swinging my legs, and I think it's making a creaking sound. It's pissing Adam off. Um, he's, like, getting up. He's, like, looking around the whole house. Um, so I'm sorry. I'll try and sit still. I have a condition. Sorry. Jeez. Um, some some people. Um, <laughs> but uh, I love that he doesn't edit these out. We hear all the time about people love how much I get angry at Adam. And uh, uh, I love that. I really do. Do you really? I don't actually watch these. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Uh, but so we, uh, I do hear a lot about people liking that aspect. But anyway, so you would go to a church and saving your game is literally confessing what you've done. And um, as someone, I grew up actually Catholic. I grew up in the Catholic church and whether or not you stay in the Catholic church, the fact that you were raised in it affects you because everyone that was raised Catholic will let you know at one point in your relation to them that they were raised Catholic, whether they are still Catholic or not. It affects your worldview in such a way because the Catholic Church is extremely ritualistic. It's extremely cultural. As in, there's a culture built around it, and they're very good at at keeping you within that culture when you're in the church. And so I see the church everywhere I go, even though I'm no longer a member. I see it everywhere, and so I see it a lot in Dragon Quest because, of course, you confess to save your game. Uh, there's benediction, stuff like that, which do different things. Um Beginning in Dragon Quest IV, you actually, um, that's where you actually go to see how many hit points you have left and things of that, uh, experience points to the next level and things of that nature. It's where you go to get healed of status effects, uh, resurrect characters, things of that nature. And I, I, I really think it's cool that they chose a church because as we've discussed before, and I've only, and I've read articles about this, but I've only discussed it with one uh, Japanese citizen. And that is, they just don't have the taboos about Christianity that we do. They're not as afraid to use them for narrative purposes as we are. Because almost every time a Westerner uses Christianity in a work of art, they're making a statement. Whether it is hyper pro-Christianity, hyper against Christianity, or just examining the role Christianity plays in our world. In Dragon Quest, it's clear that the church is just put in there because. It's just there. there the, Yuji Hori is not really saying anything with the inclusion of the church. And it's very interesting because in Dragon Quest IX, religion becomes much more important because you are literally an angel. Your character is an angel. 
Your character is a member of an angelic society that become guardian angels, and your character is guardian angel of Angel Falls, a small village. He has to protect the whole village. And by protecting, they collect benevolence, they can get fruit from Yggdrasil, the world tree, and they could use that to power a train that will take them to the Almighty. And at one point, you lose your angelic status and become immortal, and you have to regain your angelic status and repair the train in order to get to the Almighty. So it, th that's probably the one where religion is discussed the most. And it's not the same religion in every game. Most of the time, it is a goddess, but other times, it's something different. For instance, Dragon Quest Nine, it is the Almighty. But... Uh, and uh, actually, when I was uh, doing some research to remind me of certain things, because Dragon Quest is a long series of 11 games, I was getting reminded of a few things. And uh, very fascinatingly enough, uh, one of the articles I ran across was one of those Quora questions, or Quora, however you pronounce that. And the guy was like, please tell me there's other ways to save than just by going to a church in Dragon Quest Eleven. So it's kind of funny because Dragon Quest Eleven is so old school that people, of course, are griping about the mechanics of old school games when they play it. Uh, the same thing happened when Warcraft Classic came out. In the beta testing, people were reporting bugs that were actually just legit part of gameplay, and they couldn't believe <laughs> that you had to do this as part of gameplay. But So Dragon Quest was well, the earliest game that I noticed religion was featured in, and uh, it would be JRPGs that would expose me to religion in video games for much of my life. I, I'm pretty sure in this series that Dragon Quest is the only JRPG we're going to actually be talking about. But... It, it, it doesn't, it's not a breakdown of religion. It's not huge, uh, but it is a game that I noticed religion was featured in, and that was odd for me as a youngster because uh, unlike the uh, unlike what I've read about the Japanese, again, I, I'm not Japanese. I can't, I can't speak for them how they feel, but uh, unlike what I've read, I can speak for Americans, and I know that religion is extremely taboo to us we are not willing to talk about it uh what's the the rule uh you know you don't discuss politics and religion right that's what that's what people say uh i think that is mostly broke down in recent years we are all too ready to discuss that actually one of my pet peeves is if uh i know what religion or political alignment you are the first time i meet you i find you to be too open and pushy and i don't like you um, I, I feel like that's something you discuss when you get to know people. Um, but you know what? I was raised with manners. Maybe that's just me. You know, maybe that's just me. But, uh, guys, we're going to get deeper because we're going to discuss deeper games as this goes on. I think we're going to have a lot of fun. Uh, I, and, uh, I, I, I am not stating my religious affiliation through any of these, uh, because I feel that's, uh, that's just a bit. Put, that's not the relationship we have, guys. Let you know, we're just here to have a few beers or maybe a maybe a coke and discuss uh, the way video games affected us. Uh, we're not going to talk about anything so unimportant as religion on this show, but we will discuss fake religions found in video games. That's what we'll be discussing all week. Um, but if you like culture and how it affects you, I know a fella. Uh, please check out the framework of tomorrow. Uh, he is a brother in our rally network. Uh, great guy, uh, Keegan. Uh, he takes uh, events of the past, pieces them together to see how they could shape, how they have shaped our present, and how they could shape our future. Excellent guy. Please check him out. Uh, and uh, I, I think Adam and I are confident to say we're not just mentioning him because he's our rally network brother. It's actually a very cool podcast. So please check him out, but not before you uh, tune in every day to Donneron. <laughs>